This episode of the Weekly Standard Podcast is sponsored by The Great Courses. The Great Courses brings the world's greatest professors to your fingertips with more than 500 courses on science, history, philosophy, fine arts, better living, and more. The Great Courses are available on digital download and streaming or DVD and CD. Best of all, you can listen to or watch The Great Courses at your own pace without the pressure of homework or exams. And now, for a limited time only, The Great Courses is giving our listeners an offer of up to 80% off the original price of selected courses, including Latin 101, Learning a Classic Language. For this limited time 80% offer, go to thegreatcourses.com slash WS to find out more. That's thegreatcourses.com slash WS. Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us from the Weekly Standard is Lee Smith. And Lee, I know you just returned from the Middle East, and uh, you've been watching the Iranian, uh, uh, the progress or lack thereof on the Iranian notification. So I want to do a round of Lee Smith's headlines. And we'll start with your headline from the Iranian talks here on the last day of this pseudo-fake deadline. What would you say the headline is for the talks thus far? Obama administration eager to clinch nuclear deal. How's that? That's that's good. So um, they are still just as eager despite the setbacks, despite reports that the Iranians are not going to give up the processed uranium they already have, etc. You think they're still anxious for a deal? Look, yes, I think they're still anxious for a deal. Um, here's here's a really key point I think to understand that a lot of people uh, that we've all sort of overlooked the. Um, the Iranians and the P5 plus one are negotiating under entirely different premises. Um, the, the administration and the P5 plus one, which is leading the P5 plus one rather, is negotiating under the premise that the Iranians are work, have a nuclear weapons program and are building, uh, are intend to build a bomb. The Iranians, on the other hand, say, nope. We don't have a bomb. We've never thought about building a bomb. We're not going to build a bomb. As a matter of fact, we may have a fatwa that prohibits the construction and use of nuclear weapons. Now, the reason that I think this is important is because there is no, the administration therefore started negotiations by giving an enormous concession. What they should have done, the very baseline of the entire negotiation should have been, no, we have to start from the same premise or else whatever we say is not going to make any sense. And that's where we are now. The reason that we have, um, the reason that there are negotiations is, uh, I'm sorry if this is going to sound too strong, but it's effectively to pave the way for the Iranian bomb. Right? One of the big problems, one of the big sticking points is the verification regime. But again, because the Iranians say we're not building a nuclear weapon, we're not building a bomb, uh, this base at Parchin is strictly a military base, we're not doing any nuclear work there because um, we're not building a bomb. They won't let the IAEA inspectors in to do any benchmarking, which means the reason that benchmarks need to be done is so that we can tell whether or not the Iranians are adhering to the deal. But the fact that the Iranians deny at the very foundations of negotiations that they're building a bomb means, of course, they're not going to agree to a verification regime because they say they're not building a bomb. So is this an is this so, is this an analogy that works, Lee? It's like being in a negotiation where you're saying we are trying to gain the release of the hostage, and the hostage takers are going, "We don't have a hostage. What are you even talking right. about? There's nothing to see. Exactly. There's no hostage." 
What are you talking about? There's no hostage here. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. Uh, uh, the, the, I mean, the, the the key point is this: you can't possibly enter negotiations under those premises uh, unless uh, unless it's deeply flawed, right? But this is what's happened. The administration accepted a long, long time ago, maybe at the very outset, when Obama started saying, "Nope, they're not going to get a bomb. We're uh, not going to contain and deter. What we're going to do is prevent acquisition of a nuclear bomb." What the administration started saying around the same time was, well, you know, however, it's awfully tricky because um, you can't destroy knowledge of a nuclear bomb. I can't remember if you and I have already spoken about this uh, here on our podcast, but I wrote about this for the Standard a couple of weeks ago. I mean, it's obvious you can't destroy the knowledge that it takes to build a nuclear bomb. But as it turns out, that's not the difficult part. The difficult part is the infrastructure. And that's why it's taken the Iranians 25 years to steal, buy, transfer, smuggle, hire different parts of this nuclear weapons program. The idea that this program could be reconstituted under a best-case scenario in uh, in only two to three years is preposterous. It's absurd on the face of it. The key is the administration has been saying, well, you can't destroy the knowledge, which is a tip-off, meaning that they've already accepted the fact of an Iranian nuclear bomb. What they're trying to do right now is they're trying to make sure that the Iranians don't break out while Obama's still in office. That's all that's happening. Now, when Whether you, or not they can even manage that much remains r- remains to be seen, frankly. Well, well, then let me ask you where they are. I mean, uh, because uh, you know, as you and I speak, the reports coming out about you know stumbling towards some kind of framework or something that will keep the talks going on to the end of July. I mean, is, is there anything like progress, or is this just people sitting around a table talking and, and essentially running out the clock, and not, no one really thinking you're going to get anything concrete out of it? I, I, yeah, I think it depends on what you mean by progress. I mean, my position is, uh, and it was the administration's stated position at first, that the Iranians are not going to get a bomb. Now, this is clearly not where we are, right? So as far as I'm concerned, we've gone backwards from the very out, from the very beginning. When the administration says, well, this bad deal is better than no deal at all, that's not progress. That's going backwards. So whatever's going to happen is going to... Uh, Mark, uh, a regress, not progress. So, I mean, whether or not the, the deal that they have, I mean, what's being hammered out now is is very bad. Again, it has. It's not just. It's not just details. It's not just breakout time, which is one of the things that the administration and its negotiating partners are trying to figure out. The French want more, right? The French actually seem to be holding the line on certain issues. The French want a longer, uh, longer advance warning before a potential breakout. The French want a much longer sunset clause, not 10 years. They want a much longer deal. But these are details. We need to look at, like, we need to look at the fundamental premises of this deal, all right? Fundamental premises of this deal. That's the problem. What the administration has been saying, what the administration has been doing, because, again, we have to understand the U.S.-Iran relationship now is on two tracks. Part of it's being conducted in Europe, well, whether it's Geneva, Lausanne, Montreux, right? These are the, uh, the nuclear talks. That's one track. The other track of U.S.-Iran relations is being conducted, um, or is being conducted on the ground in the Middle East, whether that's Lebanon, Syria, 
Iraq, and now Yemen as well. So, Lee, that brings so, us to our second headline. Yeah. You just got back from the Middle East. What would you say the right. headline is when it comes to American foreign policy in the Middle East? Uh, well, I was in Israel, so just to set up the headline, okay. I would say um, Israelis surprised White House uh, turning Iran into an ally. Uh, which is how they perceive it, and I, I think that's absolutely correct. I've been writing about this for a while in The Standard, and I, I, that's exactly how I see it, too. The, you know, we remember the spy story that was published last week, the Wall Street Journal, where you know U.S. or Obama administration officials were accusing the Israelis of spying. I mean, the story is actually very elegantly done, because the story says, no, actually, it's, um, the Israelis got this information by spying on the Iranians, not the U.S. But what it is, it's part of a larger campaign of deterrence against the Israelis, or vis-a-vis -vis the Israelis. That's what the administration is doing. They're pushing back on the Israelis to downgrade this relationship so they can upgrade the relationship with the Iranians. It's partly to make room in their vision in order to balance Israel and Iran, uh, as well as the Sunnis. You need to... Um, degrade, you need to minimize the relationships, these relationships that already existed. It includes the relationship with the Sunni Arab powers and, include, and, and especially the relationship with Israel in order to make room for the Iranians. It's also partly showing your bona fides to the Iranians, saying we told you we can get the Israelis under control, so this is partly what's going on. What's not about BB. What, what was right? the mood in Israel to the people you talked to who are you know, involved in foreign policy and a relationship with the United States? What was, are they angry? Are they befuddled? Are they just shaking their heads going, wow, what a mess? No, I, yeah, I think they're starting to get it now. I think they believe I spoke with one uh, you know, former high-level official in the security establishment. Says, well, you know, we recognize we're about to go through a tough time. We've been through hard times before. Things are certainly different now. Um, but we'll weather it. We'll get through it. But they certainly recognize it's a tough time. I, you know, I mean, the, the, the security officials are, the political officials were mostly people in the, in the government, the people outside of the government. It's interesting what's happening in Israel because a lot of people tend to think that this is about Netanyahu. It's not about Netanyahu. Netanyahu sort of served as cover for the administration to uh, attack it, to uh, attack might be a little strong, but certainly to push back on Israel, right? And that's what this spy story is about. It's about Israel in general. The administration has leaked several spy stories about Israel, and that's what it's meant to do. It's not about Bibi in particular, it's about Israel. So, you know, some Israelis, uh, like, uh, like us Americans, they have partisan concerns. But when they see uh, that Bibi is the again will be prime minister and uh, Likud won the won the uh, won the most seats, they feel that the issue is the problem with the U.S.'s relationship is about Benjamin Netanyahu. It's not. It's not. The administration is not necessarily anti-Israel, but they do not like Israel, and they don't see Israel playing the same role that American policymakers have seen. Since uh, since the 1973 Yom Kippur War, uh, did you any sense <clears throat> that Israel's preparing for any sort of action regarding Iran? I don't necessarily even mean uh, you know like uh, yeah. the, what they did in Iraq, et cetera, but just any kind of action, like you know getting involved through proxies to give Iran more fights to fight, or maybe more mysterious computer yeah. problems. 
I mean, I mean, the Israelis have, you know, the Israelis have been doing that for a while, and I don't see that really changing. Um, you know, one of the officials I spoke with, former official, um, said one of the important things about Netanyahu's speech here in Congress was um, was that it was a way to lay down a marker to say if it does come to it, if Israel feels that it will have to take action against Iran's nuclear weapon facilities, then. Um, part of Netanyahu's speech or part of the purpose was to explain why that happened, um, to say that contrary to what the administration argues, it was a bad deal. Israel is worried about it, and that's why Israel had to take action. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I look, I, I myself uh, don't, don't know. I certainly don't have any inside information on whether or not Israel would take, you know, would take action against the nuclear weapons facilities, or that even has really the ability to do so. I mean, I, I believe it does, but um, this is, you know, this is part of the concerns of people right now uh, in, in uh, official Israel. One last question for you, Lee. Uh, do you see uh, a point where the deal that the president is fighting for becomes so? unacceptable to the American people, that there's a significant blowback beyond just in the political establishment. In other words, you know, a poll came out today that said the Americans want a deal where the Iranians give up nukes in exchange for you know, sanctions ending. But right. when people realize that that deal is never <laughs> going to be on the table, do you think there's right. a domestic price to be paid? Or is President Obama pretty much on autopilot in 20, until 2016? I'm not sure. That? I'm not sure. I mean, I think, you know, I'd certainly like to see, uh, I'd like to see, uh, those on the Hill, congressmen and senators, who are concerned about the proposed deal, the you know the uh, the details that we're getting, um, I'd certainly like to see them fight back, and I believe they will, and they'll do whatever they can. I, I just don't know what room there is to fight against a sitting president who is determined to. I mean, we've seen some of the campaigns they're waging, right? Some of the campaigns they're waging against uh, domestic opposition. Some of the campaigns they're waging against allies, primarily Israel. Oh, which is evidence that they're very intent on having this particular deal. So I, I, I just don't know. I just don't know how much room there is to fight it. Well, and once again, another happy note we finish on, Lee. I always yeah. appreciate talking to you. Michael, well, Michael with, with baseball season starting, I want you to have me on so we can talk about baseball. I promise that will be a much more enjoyable uh, and, and, and much more charming conversation. But when we're talking about the Middle East, while it's interesting, the news is usually uh, not um, not uplifting. Well, we will do that baseball conversation. Me here in Atlanta, home of the Braves. You uh, <laughs> hanging around in D.C., home of the Nationals. We'll have a lot to talk about. That's right. You've been I listening to the Weekly to Standard Podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.